Caroline Dowd Higgins, host of Your Working Life, my podcast featuring thought leaders in the career and personal growth arena with wisdom to help you thrive. This podcast provides you with tools, inspiration, and resources so you can enjoy your career and love your life. And today, I am delighted to welcome a very special guest to the show, Allie Dunn. Allie, welcome to the show. Oh, thanks for having me, Caroline. Allie, it's so cool that we are reconnecting. You and I have known each other for many years. We've worked together, and it's just a joy to have you back in this new capacity. So thank you so much. Oh, well, it's my pleasure. Hey, I want to tell the listening audience all about you. Allie Dunn is the author of the children's book, I Was a Preemie Just Like You. She's a speaker and advocate for babies and parents affected by prematurity. Allie is the chief mom officer to identical twins born 12 weeks early. But before becoming a mom, Allie worked for a decade as a higher education administrator in career services, academic advising, and teaching. Teaching. Allie has developed and coordinated a college-wide internship program and instructed multiple courses on successful job search strategies. That's why Allie and I are very much connected. We have worked in that same world. And Allie, it's so cool to see how you have, transi- have transitioned and are embracing motherhood and really becoming uh, quite an entrepreneur. But I'd love to hear from you. If you would be so kind, share the overview of your career transition and the story of your twins birth because that was a major life change for you yes absolutely as you said I had worked in um, higher education for almost a decade specifically in career services and um, I guess the story kind of starts with the decision um, to start a family and I had no reason to believe that I would encounter any obstacles on that path I had no pre-existing medical issues no family history of infertility And in terms of fertility, I was relatively young. I was in my late 20s. But um, we certainly had a long road to having twins. And it took us over three and a half years um, to get pregnant. And we tried everything. Mm -hmm. Um, We did the least amount of medical intervention you can do with oral meds. We tried exploratory surgeries. We tried the advice of don't do anything, just relax and go on vacation. (laughs) Um, Acupuncture, everything, Uh, none of it worked. And we were always diagnosed with unexplained infertility. So we finally were able to um, be successful with trying in vitro fertilization. And we actually had to do two rounds of that in order to, to become pregnant. And then once I was pregnant, I wasn't just pregnant with one baby, but now I was having twins. And so that certainly rises your risk factor when you're talking about pregnancy. So it was a high-risk pregnancy. And at 28 weeks, I was admitted to the hospital for some unexpected hospital bed rest. And I had talked the doctors in about eight days into that bed rest. I had really talked those doctors into letting me go home and continue a very strict bed rest at home. And on that final day, they were doing some fetal monitoring, and one of the twins was in fetal distress. And so we were going to do a emergency C-section. And I kept saying to the doctors, oh, no, no, I'm supposed to go home today. <laughs> you don't understand. Um, but that just wasn't in the cards. So they were born at 28 weeks and six days. Um, they were very tiny, weighing together about four and a half pounds. So 
much less than a, a typical newborn, the both of them together. So they were teeny tiny. Obviously, they were admitted to the NICU. And they stayed in the NICU for about 60 days. And the NICU is really a roller coaster experience. Um, there are days when things are going very well and you feel like, wow, we're going to get out of here much quicker than the two or three months that the doctors are telling me. And then maybe the next day, you're back to where you started. So it's a very traumatic experience. And it's certainly very difficult for um, any parent to have a baby in the NICU. If you have two babies in the NICU, I think it's just a little bit harder. And it's um, really hard if it's something that you've wanted for a long time to be a parent. Now you have children, but you can't parent them in a typical way. You can't do those things that most parents do for a baby. If you want to hold your baby, you have to ask for permission from the nurses and doctors, and they have to help you get the baby out and make sure all the wires and cords are placed appropriately so the baby is comfortable. So I found that that was very difficult. Um, but the one thing that I could do when I had um, children in the NICU was I could read to them, and that really inspired in me a love for children's books. And I think in my children as well, they just they love to read and to be read to. You know, Ellie, I'm so grateful that you have been so candid in sharing the vulnerable part of this story. And, and it has such a gorgeous, happy ending. Your kids are healthy. You're thriving. Your husband's thriving. But this is a tumultuous journey that, in, in my perception, not many parents talk about. And I think there is such needed support and opportunity to talk about this, to demystify it for others going through it. Oh, absolutely. And it's not just... The, the trauma of the NICU doesn't just end when your child is, is out. Um, there's lots of studies and even more research happening now that shows that there's really some signs of post-traumatic stress disorder um, with parents who've had children in the NICU. So it's something that you need to, to think about and maybe, you know, maybe there's help for you after your time in the NICU. And this can show up even, you know, months or years later. And you may not even realize that you were affected in this way until maybe you're back at the hospital for an unrelated issue, or maybe you're visiting another a friend or a family member who's had a baby, and then all these kind of feelings come back, the, the tightness in your chest, and you start to realize that, yeah, you know, maybe this is something I still need to kind of deal with that I haven't really thought about in a couple of years. Well, you have become such an incredible advocate, not only for the babies, but for the parents and the families. And I'm, I'm grateful for that. And I know you will be helping a lot of people who are listening today. And it, it's really incredible. I think so many of us know someone who has experienced it if they have not personally gone through it. But the duration, the time span is epic. It must just feel like years that, that you, you spend waiting for, in this case, your, your babies to come home. Yes, it, it certainly does. And those days um, I spent, I had the luxury of um, maternity leave and then um, I went on unpaid leave after that. So I was able to be at the hospital every day and eight hours a day sitting by the bedside of of my babies and holding them, but that's not something that everyone is able to do either. And so I can imagine that if you're at work, if you're doing something else, that those days and those hours um, tick by very slowly as you're awaiting um, your child to come home. And you know, it, it brings up a really interesting uh, topic of, of uh, 
maternity and paternity leave and and how men and women are able or not with their respective work situations to take that time off. You uh, luckily had a maternity leave and then took some extended time off, but you made a decision, a very personal one. You and your husband decided that you would stay home. And tell us about that transition. Well, yes, certainly it is a very, very personal decision and one that I have no judgment about what other people do. Um, it was an easy decision for us. We know it was the right decision for us, but everyone has to make that decision for themselves and only you can decide what's the right thing to do for your family. Um, my maternity leave ended while my babies were still in the hospital. So I did go on an extended um, family leave and the decision to go back to work was just really easy. They were released, but they were still medically fragile. They were they each weighed under five pounds, so they were two months old, but weighed less than a typical newborn. They were strong, they were fighters, but we just didn't know what the long-term medical care would be for them. They were still under the supervision of some uh, specialists and doctors for kind of typical preemie-related issues, and they had lots of follow-up appointments and. We were very cautious about exposing them to typical childhood germs, colds, and respiratory infections that you would find in a daycare, and that for a typical baby is fine, but for a preemie can land them back in the hospital very quickly. So um, also with my position, I had been in my job for about eight years. I felt like I had kind of hit the peak of that position, and I felt ready for a new challenge. Um, which, which I certainly got, yes. <laughs> being the stay-at-home mom to twins, but um, I felt okay with leaving that position. So it really was a kind of an easy decision for us with the medical issues and as well with you know my, my position and feeling like I was ready for a new transition. Good for you. Kind of, yeah, and transitioning from, from working to being at home certainly isn't easy, but I guess with the kids in the NICU, when that um, transition happened, I just really didn't have time to think about it. I was focused on making sure that I was doing everything so that my children would survive, and then after that, so that they would thrive. So I just didn't really have a lot of time to think about um, that, that transition. And it's just something that, luckily, I've never regretted, and I was just very grateful and thankful that I've been able to, to do it, actually. Well, and with the foundation of your uh, professional career and career services, I'm so grateful that you said, look, no judgment. You know, everybody has to make their own personal choice. This was the right choice for you and, and your family. And thank you for, again for sharing this really tricky journey. You know, it, it, it's not easy and it's probably very easy for others to uh, make judgments and, and have perceptions that are unfounded or inaccurate. So thank you for clearing the decks there. So tell me about the book. I've got it in my hand. It's absolutely beautiful, and I can just visualize you reading to your kids now, but but also in the NICU. I mean, it's such a, a, a beautiful mental image to me. What inspired you to write the book? Well, it happened very organically. I wasn't setting out to write a book. Um, I certainly felt like I had a full plate, and yeah. I was feeling quite fulfilled in my role as a mother, so I wasn't looking for a side hustle or um, you know, a part-time job or anything. But 
my kids, as I got a little bit older, they love to look at their baby pictures. And that always included a talk about their time in the NICU because we mm-hmm. have lots of pictures from that time. And they would want to know about those wires and where they were and what is the NICU and why were they there. And, and so we would talk about that a lot. And I thought, you know, they love books so much. I thought, well, that would be nice to get them a children's book and that we could read together and kind of supplement those conversations that we were already having. So I went to Amazon, as, as everyone does, to look for a book. <laughs> and I didn't find anything that I loved that I thought was developmentally appropriate and that was just kind of a sweet story. So I thought, well, I'll just write something for them. And um, I sat down, I wrote the book, and then, of course, you can't have a children's book without illustrations right. and pictures. So, so I worked on that. And I put something together, and it was sweet and cute. And I thought, well, I'll just print that up and make two copies, one for each of them, and that will be it. But then as um, I started to share that book with other people I know who are in similar situations or friends and family would see the book, and people would say, well, I want to buy a copy. Can I have a copy? And so then the idea kind of came about that, well, maybe I should make this available for others. Perhaps we are benefiting from it. And other people can as well. And really my hope is that this will be something that hospitals will provide for parents and children that come into the NICU. Again, as I said, a great way to pass time at a child's bedside. Um, It's beneficial for the child and for you to read and for them to hear your voice. And um, I know that I would have really enjoyed having a book like that that gave me hope Um, and also kind of occupied our time together. Um, So hopefully that's something that in the future will move in that direction. I have every confidence that you are going to help many families and and a wonderful way to engage with their premature babies. It's so beautiful. I've literally got it in my hand. It's so beautifully designed. It's poignant and delightful. And I get it. In the beginning, you said, okay, I wasn't looking for a side hustle. You are completely um, engrossed raising your two kids. However, there is potential here, right, to, to continue to be an advocate and to take this book to the to the next level. So now that the kids are a little bit older, any, any thoughts in that direction as a, maybe a side career? Yeah, it's hard to find time to do that. Yeah. Um, and I think one of the things that helps me when I'm thinking about time. Unfortunately, I don't have any time management hacks that's going to add, you know, hours <laughs> to your day. Yeah. But um, I try to not think about my life in terms of, of work-life balance because I find that just sets me up to be um, disappointed because yeah. it's not going to be equal. You can't um, expect your work life and whether you work at home or out of the home, to be equal to the family life. That sometimes your family is going to need more and sometimes work's going to need more. So I try to think about things in terms of seasons of life. I think that's really important with parenting because there's lots of seasons and you know that those things don't last long. The the sleepless nights and the tantrums and all those things, they don't last long. And so that's a, a helpful way for me to think about it. And if you have young children, you know, you're really in the trenches and you don't have a lot of physical and emotional energy left um, after your kids go to bed to to find time to work on a side hustle or a passion project. And so you have to kind of just embrace that and know that in the future, you will have more time. And then when that time does present itself, you cannot feel guilty about how you're using that time. If your children still nap, 
lucky you, um, <laughs> use that time to work on something you're passionate about or a creative project or um, a part-time job. And don't feel guilty about it. Don't feel like you should be cleaning or um, prepping dinner or those kinds of things. You got to let a little bit of that go and allow yourself to um, take care of yourself first and do those things that you're really passionate about. Brilliant wisdom, Allie. Brilliant. Thank you for sharing that. So tell our global listening audience how they can follow you. You're an avid blogger, and we'd love to know how do we buy the book? So you can follow me um, on Twitter at me and then the number two books. Um, uh, I have a website, me too, with TWO books.blogspot.com. And then if you want to buy the book, you can buy it through that Blogspot website. Or you can go to um, blurb.com and buy it there. Brilliant. Allie, what a joy to have you on the show. Congratulations. This is such an exciting time. I'm thrilled for you and your family. Happy that everyone's healthy and thriving. And cheers to you, my dear. You're an inspiration. Oh, well, thank you. This has been really fun. I'm glad. And I want to thank all of you for tuning in to Your Working Life, where my goal is to help you design your career destiny so it doesn't happen by default. My show is now available on iTunes, YouTube, Podbean, and Stitcher. Be sure to subscribe so you get new shows every week and leave a comment about what's important to you in life and career, and I'll consider your idea for a future show. I'm Caroline Dowd-Higgins. Thanks for listening.